I can't walk. Even with the surgery, I might never be able to- Go ahead! Never. Can't. Those are just words that are meaningless. It's time for you to get out of that bed and do something. You're not a kid anymore. The world isn't just gonna hand it to you. You want something, you have to crawl across the floor. Use your damn teeth if you have to. You're gonna do whatever it takes. And I'm always gonna be right here next to you. Because I'll always be your teacher. Now go get it. Yes, Sensei. Oh shit. It's alright, you felt like a champ. Welcome to No Mercy, a Cobra Kai kickback. My name is Jacob Burrows and I represent Miyagi-Do because when a new season of Cobra Kai comes out, I take the time to meditate and focus between each and every episode, tantrically prolonging my enjoyment as long as possible. Unlike that scamp, Jim Scampoli from Cobra Kai, who injected Cobra Kai straight into his veins, I hate him so much, but gosh, maybe one day we'll eventually learn that we're more alike than we think. Jim isn't here, this is just my quick take, and it it should be really quick. I am dying to get into the episodes in more detail. Uh, We're going to come at you with an episode-by-episode breakdown as soon as possible. And, I mean, as happy as I am to have Cobra Kai as soon as possible, the release date change kind of fucked us on the planning there. I was in the spot that internet forgot, and just couldn't... I mean, I could watch it, though, so I'm not complaining too bad, but... uh, yeah, we were. I mean, I don't know. I don't remember if Jim said he literally like booked the day off for when it was originally supposed to come out. I don't know if he still has it off, but uh, yeah, people are really dedicated to Cobra Kai, so maybe tell us when it's coming out. January first is a very pure, good release date, though I have to say, uh, very simple, very good. And uh, I was exaggerating, saying that I uh, prolonged it as much as possible. But I still didn't binge it through all in one go. I rarely like to do that. I like to prolong it just a little bit um, to sort of let things settle, um, which I think helped on some fronts. Maybe um, it'll be interesting to hear. I mean, it was vi- it was very interesting to hear Jim's initial thoughts, and it'll be interesting to hear what uh, which of his thoughts change as he's watching them episode by episode again and same for me of course i've only watched it once so far but anyway let's get into it episode one fuck me like for for everyone out there who's been with this show from the beginning it is so weird to finally see these characters released from this moment of stasis, this freeze they were in at the end of season two, because the the first episode is called Aftermath, and it's a, a, an apt title. Like, it's everything we've been speculating on for about two years, finally starting to move again. Um, and a lot of it is kind of, you know, predictable, uh, but it's just great to get the ball rolling. And more importantly, it's been... it's It, it is, I think, 20 months... <laughs> Which is an insane amount of time. So even though Miguel wakes up... Oh, spoiler alerts. Uh, Miguel wakes up. Even though Miguel wakes up at the end of the first episode, it still feels like he's been in a coma for fucking years. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, a lot of the stuff we're seeing in in, um, in uh, episode one is kind of... 
again, like I said, predictable, but that's because you have to do these things. Like they've, it's more like delivering on what they've set up in season two. Basically, I'm talking about, for example, where uh, you know Johnny's at the bottom of the fucking barrel. Uh, looks like shit, behaves like shit, starts random fights with people, drunk all the time, etc. We we know that's where he's at. Um, and as far as the whole valley is now uh, understandably reacting to the enormous karate brawl, like as we talked about in season two. Oh, the popo is after me. As we talked about in season two, it's absolutely insane <laughs> that this happened. Like, if this happened in the real world, it would be... Uh, crazy because the fight scenes are so sort of exaggerated and like there are smaller fight scenes where people kind of almost should have died <laughs> or should have at least gotten bones broken and it's kind of like whatever because it's a karate show but we do see the consequences here and i think throughout the season uh a lot more like it's satisfying that we see sam's basically post-traumatic stress disorder play out here because it makes total sense uh and her reactions throughout the season i think it really rounds her out as a character robbie as well uh as i think Jim maybe mentioned as well, Robbie's, he he kind of fades to the background a bit for some of the season, uh, which does make sense. But I also genuinely think kicking Miguel off the balcony is the most interesting thing Robbie has ever done, uh, because all throughout season one and two, he's like, oh, I'm the bad kid, like, I'm, I'm edgy, but he's actually not, he's just like, the show does everything to show that he's actually a good guy, and he's just been fucked by consequences, but he's kind of insufferable anyway, uh, for a lot of people anyway, um, because he's just... He, he's basically a perfect person, but he just has all these things. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense, but it feels like the show kind of shows him as, like, they're afraid of making him properly bad in, you know, the first seasons or whatever when he's doing crime. He has to be the one who's like, but wait, shouldn't we, like, give back the computer or whatever? And they're like, nah, bruh. And he's like, I'm not going to let you steal these cars. He's just desperate for a father figure of any kind. Um, and that's kind of what his story is, which isn't as interesting as this kid actually has, uh, you know, problems that he's dealing with um, uh, and is, like, kind of a shithead. Because we love a shithead. Just look at Johnny. Um, but, as I said, he does kick Miguel off the balcony. And that just kind of makes him more interesting to me. Because, uh, yeah, he is actually a piece of shit now. And he has to deal with that and figure out what that means for him. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see where, where that all lands as well. Um, I'm not going to get into, like, every single detail, obviously. We're saving that. But just sort of broad strokes... Uh, I do love Johnny's in the first episode pretending to be a doctor strategy where he sees a coat and like, huh, and then puts it on and then in the bathroom someone's like, you're clearly not a doctor and he just bangs his head on the paper towel dispenser. Great stuff. Um, and let's see. So moving into like episode two, Jim was saying uh, that the first few episodes felt kind of scattered and all over the place. And I think there is truth to that. But I also think I benefited there from not binging through the whole thing. Because if you watch, like, the first four episodes in a row, you're going to be like, wait, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> Probably, because it just there's a lot of different situations set up and then resolved quite quickly. Um, like, you know, the problem with the car, uh, with the auto shop, and the problem uh, with finding Robbie and Robbie's problems in... 
in in uh, juvie or what have you um all of these kind of things are set up and then resolved and centrally as well the team up we see in episode two where uh johnny and daniel finally like well finally they've done it before They're, they team up um they do a tango and cash thing now jim was kind of like he couldn't get on board with it because he was like well i know this isn't gonna last because it's episode two and while he's totally right uh I, I was already hyped at this point. I was like, oh my god, we're uh, we're one episode in and they're already delivering so much fan service. But I felt like it was fan service in a way that totally made sense to me. Um, like, I realized that was probably not going to last the whole season, but I was just like, fuck, yeah, they're doing a buddy cop thing. And even though it only lasted one episode, because I watched that episode, I didn't necessarily take breaks between each episode. I was lying before. But like allowing them to sit for a bit it was kind of like wow that was a great episode let's see what happens in the next one rather than a long string of sequences that long string of setups and stuff where you're like huh what's this show about (laughs) that i think was jim's uh reaction but the garage fight i mean fuck how long have i wanted to see these two people fight on the same side and i was like hoping i might see this time of team up in the season but having it as early as episode two i was just hyped for it um and yeah although i will say jim is correct that it just quickly dissolves so quickly of like come on you were beating up the guy you didn't know nothing oh you're never gonna change now we're enemies again like very quickly but all the same i uh, really enjoyed it now uh moving forward a little bit to uh daniel going to okinawa this is insane. <laughs> I have I, I'm not opposed necessarily. I just want it noted on the record that Daniel is a crazy person. Now hear me out. Uh well actually probably no one's gonna uh <laughs> no one's gonna argue, are they? Because most people just hate Daniel. I love Daniel. Um you see all all, all the memes, all the everything, you know, fuck Daniel, etc. We've always been staunch, they're both they're both pieces of shit and we love them uh supporters here on no mercy of cobra kai kickback which i do stand by um but as far as him going to okinawa right he goes to tokyo because that's where this made-up car car dealership is makes sense he has to resolve this thing totally separate plot i also like that when he comes back everything's kind of fucked up because he's been away doing his own shit for so long and that is what happens in real life um so him going to okinawa from tokyo I have kind of read it as him going slightly mental because while I understand his like, oh, I want to reconnect to Mr. Miyagi and hey, I'm in Japan anyway. Um, like, just imagine if Amanda knew, even if uh, even if she doesn't know he's going to spend a lot of his time hanging out with an ex, uh, even if she didn't know that, she'd be rightly very pissed that Daniel's like, I'm going to Tokyo to do this important business meeting. Uh, the meeting didn't go well, so I'm going to fly to an island that's pretty far from uh, mainland Japan. It's kind of a tropical paradise, and I'm just going to try to, you know, find myself. Um, I'm doing all of this on the company dime, by the way. You know our auto shop that's failing or about to fail? Uh, I'm going to use our last dollars (laughs) to fly over to Okinawa, and I haven't done the research on how expensive that flight would be. I'll try to do that for the episode by episode one. Maybe it's super cheap. But I feel like it isn't. Um, So basically, Daniels is spending the last money of their dying business to go see his childhood sweetheart, which I do love her. I love 
Kimiko, that's her name, right? I love her. Uh, she's great. Uh, she should have been abandoned. I'm sorry. Um, no, she shouldn't. It wouldn't have made sense. But uh, I'm just... I Once we're there, I'm not saying I'm not happy with it. I'm happy to see it. I'm happy for all of it to actually happen. I'm just like, the setup of it... It's never touched upon the fact that what Daniel is doing is insane. Because by absolute random chance, it all works out for him. Which is great for him. But it's also like... I imagine it's something that the creators are going to hear comments about. And then maybe next season, there's going to be something about Amanda going like... Excuse me, what? You did what? <laughs> In Okinawa? And we're all... I mean, everyone's going to be like, haha... Amanda being Amanda, but I'm going to be like, yeah, she's right. Um, so he he jets off to uh, Okinawa, and the, the village being turned into a mall makes a lot of sense. Uh, I love all that stuff. He hangs out with his childhood sweetheart. Uh, great stuff all around. Uh, I mean, it's great to see this while at home, like his family life is crumbling, or his, his daughter is having panic attacks, etc. And he's just like... Wow, I can't believe we're sitting here drinking tea again and like doing a little touchy handy thing. And I'm like, Daniel, this is not appropriate. Um, but it's it's great all the same. And of course, uh, it leads to Chosen and connect reconnecting with uh, the other branch, basically, of uh, Miyagi-Do. Um, the setup for him learning like paralyzing technique and the payoff is kind of like... Yeah, there's always a technique, isn't there? There's always a secret kick, like in season one, Jim said this. Um, it, it's fine, it's fine, it's just, uh, it's, you know, it's it's not what we're most excited about uh, anyway. We're just excited to see these characters, I think, bounce off each other. I mean, it's great when Chosen's there. Um, the whole reveal of, yeah, Mia, I don't know, Miyagi-Do being like, it doesn't feel like a proper real reveal of like, oh yeah, Miyagi-Do only for defense, but sometimes the best defense is to kill. I'm like, well, yeah. Uh, it it It's not super clear is what I would say about it. We'll get into it in more detail. It just is like, yeah, I, I guess, but it feels like you're only doing this because like Cobra Kai, we're seeing Johnny the uh, making Cobra Kai more sympathetic, so then we gotta make Miyagi-Do like more evil. But the technique is just to paralyze someone's arms. It's totally Miyagi-Do from what we know Miyagi-Do to be. It's not like fucking the Kill Bill 5 punch death, death technique that just explodes people's hearts. Uh, that'd be fucked up and kind of interesting, but it's not that. Um... It is pretty cool, though. I mean, the whole... I mean, as I said, him interacting with Chosen is a lot more fun than the actual outcome of it. Like, I don't care as much. And then randomly someone... The girl from Karate Kid 2 is... Uh, works at the car company, so it all works out. I cannot emphasize enough. This is absolute random chance. So, good for you, Daniel, but... <laughs> you didn't actually work towards this goal at all. Um... Further on in the season, I have to mention, like, the flashbacks. We always talk about flashbacks. I'm sure we will talk about them in greater detail. Um, I, I guess I do agree with Jim. Jim always usually reacts stronger to, like, flashbacks to within the same show. You know, flashbacks to season two or one. He's kind of like, that's some bullshit. And I usually react more to flashbacks that are actually in fiction. Because I'm kind of like, this doesn't really add anything. Um, I'm not going to say the crease flashbacks are bad. Um, I do feel... Because they end up with some cool reveals or whatever. Um, but it also, like, I didn't really... Because um, at first I was like, oh, I see what you're doing. You're going to make me love crease, you bastards. But they don't do that uh, because... The flashbacks don't really lead towards that. It's kind of Crease losing his humanity. Um, 
and the thing is, we kind of already understand, because we already understand Crease, the ending of the flashbacks is kind of uh, predictable. And it's not linked to any present day developments for Crease. Like in season two, we were actually seeing more of Crease and sort of questioning which of his actions were actually like genuine. And when he was showing sort of remorse and connecting with Johnny, which parts of that was real, which parts of it was manipulation. And he always had some thing where he was like looking into the camera and being evil. Um, so maybe flashbacks connected to that would have made uh, for a bit more three-dimensionality of Crease at the time. Um, I mean, it's not like I mind it here. It just feels like backstory, not the story. Uh, it doesn't connect to Crease actually changing in any way. And in fact, Crease kind of, even though he's the bad guy, obviously, he's kind of has a backseat in the whole, well, not, not the whole season, but he's not like character-wise super central. He is just kind of the bad guy and he's a great bad guy um but these flashbacks don't necessarily connect with what's going on other than to set other stuff up about terry silver and so on and i didn't mind terry silver uh being introduced i was I like all the stuff about the ponytail like oh switcheroo or whatever you you're supposed to think this is terry silver but then this is terry silver i'm just like i didn't care from the start who these guys were i was just like these are new characters whatever uh probably there's gonna be some reveal and i was like yeah this this all makes sense it adds up and i don't mind him calling terry silver at the end like uh i think jim was like oh it'd be interesting to see what jacob thinks i just thought sort of the idea from season two of introducing terry silver for the sake of getting him back in the picture um wasn't super interesting um and all of this obviously I, the reason i'm okay with it is all of this these flashbacks set it up in a way where it makes sense for, to have him come back in i kind of felt like oh, everyone being excited for tara silver to come back was kind of like everyone shouting for this fan service of something unrelated to the story of the show whereas it's sort of set up and built up in the story now and i i like I've talked about before, Terry Silver is pretty two-dimensional as a character, but that just gives them a really interesting starting point to go, where is that character going to be 30 years later or whatever? Um, and I do feel like the flashbacks, if they do want to turn Crease good eventually, uh, or at least give him a bit more humanity, uh, at least this gives these flashbacks give him a basis to stand on. And the Snake Pit is a pretty cool backstory for the name Cobra Kai too, I gotta say. Um... I'm not going to talk for too much more, just on the actual ending. Um, nothing in this whole season got me as emosh as Hawk uh, turning back to being not a dickhead and clasping hands with Dimitri at the end. Um, was it earned? Jim hit the nail on the head, I think, saying that he, he keeps doing these Game of Thrones Theon looks away, um, which isn't necessarily the same as character development, but as Cobra Kai gets shittier and shittier, he just kind of eventually goes, well, fuck this, um, which makes it feel a bit like it's not even necessarily like a moral choice, more a choice of him going, wait, the situation I'm in is shit, like for me, so I'm going to jump ship. Um, so maybe there would have been a bit more to do there, potentially, um, but I'm still, like, so hyped for it, and the cheesy hawk, or uh, whatever bird they use, I assume it's a hawk, the cheesy sound effects they use, great every time, uh, just happy to have him back, really, um, even though maybe there could have been more done there, not sure. Finally, I gotta talk about Miguel and his recovery. And if I can get real for a second, last month I fell off a bike and hurt my leg 
Uh, I didn't break any bones, so this is all like pussy shit. <laughs> like I told a, a coworker that uh, what had happened, and they were like, "Did you break any bones?" I'm like, "No." It is like, ah, in Eastern Europe, this would not count. I'm like, I know it doesn't count in Cobra Kai rules either. I'm just being the the wussest wuss here. Uh, but I did twist it up pretty bad, and my knee was like three times its normal size and I've basically not been able to walk for a fair portion of well December and the whole Christmas season and everything um so the reason I bring this up is watching Miguel uh his recovery it got me stupidly like emotional (laughs) it got me stupidly like that's me that's me on the screen um and it's great to see him recover fully in like a couple of episodes with a couple of montages. And I get pumped up and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to also not be a pussy and stand up and go, oh, the leg's still fucked. It's still fucked. Fuck. Um, <laughs> but it is getting better. I have adopted some. I think it's good that um, Johnny Lawrence's techniques don't work fully. It's great to see him like set fire to his leg. And it's like, wait, what? And how that's just going to depress Miguel further. And I do love the foot tapping as a sort of gateway into how he starts to actually get better. And I also do like that there was some actual surgery done, so it was not just the power of rock and roll that brought him back. Although I will say, I always did think that Okinawa uh, would be connected to his recovery somehow. I think there maybe was a way to make that make more sense than what we got. Um, But I am am also happy with the, the montage. I'm happy with all of Johnny's... Uh, trying desperately different things to make it work, all of which include uh, making Miguel fall on his ass. Uh, I have tried to adopt some of that now, uh, where I'm like, oh no, my crutch, and I'm like, fuck this crutch. And I was really tempted to throw my crutches away, because I can walk on the crutches, and I'm like, fuck these crutches, I want to be like Miguel. And then I'm like, well, maybe I'll keep one, Uh, just for a little bit, Um, just for when my leg literally doesn't work. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm getting better, and there's... um, I, I'm not sure how we call it a saying, but also a very Irish uh, approach of like, yeah, here, have a, uh, w- the medicine that's going to fix you is a teaspoon of cement, harden you the fuck up, uh, and uh, I've been given that every morning, um, and I'm hardening the fuck up, much much like uh, they do in Cobra Kai. So anyway, it's it was very emotional for me, uh, and I enjoyed it uh, a lot. This, these, this has been my quick take. That's it. Uh, Cobra Kai season three. I'm fucking thrilled and fucking depressed because now we're in for the long haul, um, waiting for the next season, which was delayed due to COVID. Like, the fucking delays of Cobra Kai season three, it wasn't even due to COVID, man. And now we're going to get extra COVID delays, no doubt, in season four. I'm uh, already hyped for it. And obviously that ending of having them team up properly under one dojo roof um it's it's just what we've wanted to see for so long and this season feels like a natural transition season to stuff like we can already feel what's going to be coming and what's going to be super exciting uh in the next season so uh very much looking forward to that but Obviously, before then, we're going to go through every fucking single one of these episodes and discuss it until we're blue in the face. But until then, all I can say is strike first, strike hard, no mercy.